This episode of the Spectre Cinema Club is brought to you by A Hanson Holiday, the new Christmas album coming from country legend Lynette Hanson. Wait, am I going? Okay, I lost myself for a second. She's singing your favorites such as Silent Night, Jingle Bells Rock, and Vampy It's Cold Outside. Don't stay for one more drink. Don't stay in the coffin. That guy and that song are creepy. Welcome, welcome to the Spectre Cinema Club, a podcast obsessed with subgenres. I am your host, Garrett McDowell. Sitting across from me, it's Devon Taylor. We're back. And, and we're back in my apartment. That's yeah, right. We're in person. It feels good. It does. We, and we both got our uh, cozy hoodies on. It's a, a it, brisk it's, day in it LA It is cozy today. season, and I'm all here for it. It's the best. I am here for it as well. And, you know, and uh, speaking of getting cozy, you know, uh, I think... Uh, the theme that we chose is a, is a nice little cozy theme to to close out the year. I, I think you say we very <laughs> like leaning on that. This was me being like, I want to do this. And you're like, I fucking guess. <laughs> I mean, Garrett, Garrett has always uh, been a proponent of uh, of uh, horror for the kids. For the kiddos. Uh, as much as we do joke around about uh, killing kids in movies as well. We we love and hate kids. Yes. Uh, kids are just great all around. So, um, but yeah, I, I did think this was a really fun idea, though, when uh, when you pitched it as uh, for December, we're going out on a little bit of a lighter note, and we've done a few different uh, things for December, whether it be like cold movies, mm-hmm. and then last year we did fucked up families. Uh, so like, uh, you know, still things that reminisce of the holidays, but uh, people that know me, I'm not a Christmas guy. So like, we're not really going to do a month on like all Christmas. I guess I'll form. take back your gift. Oh, no, no. Please, please, please <laughs> keep that because I have a gift for you as well. Man, look at us. We should do an exchange on the we show. Will. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, awesome. We'll, we'll do a little review of our exchange. Yeah, Adorable. that'll be fun. Um, so for this month, uh, we are doing a little DCOM December. We are doing all Disney Channel original movies yes, for yes. those of you who don't know what DCOM are. Not in the know, not in the lingo. Yeah, this was a choice for my birthday month. I'm a Sagittarius, a December Sag. Uh, and I, you know, as is kind of tradition I found on this show, uh, we, we had did yours, the almost horror month and then, uh, for, for your birthday month and then for December mine, I, I, I wanted to do this category for a few reasons. You already highlighted Mm -hmm. one that I like the idea of children's horror movies, not necessarily like a children of the corn or something geared towards like Mm -hmm. kids being spooky, but no, I mean like these are movies that when you are a kid that are entry points. And I think the Disney channel original movie, particularly those in the nineties and the early two thousands for a lot of horror fans were those kind of entry points. I don't think that anybody fell in love with horror because of these movies. I think that those types of films are usually the ones that maybe you're not supposed to watch and you sneak. But the kind of safety of these movies, you see that kid about to do like a big gainer on the Disney Channel original movie, like yes. intro uh, with like the, you and know, the, the film the, reel the and everything. The film yeah, reels, exactly. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly these movies about. that would come out, uh, I will admit, during the October month. But I think with with Christmas time, I don't know. They It's always like, you know, think about the children and, and all of that kind of thing. I wasn't really I'll also be honest. I wasn't really that interested in tying it into the Christmas time. I think that there is a time and a place for that, you know killer santa or whatever we could do a whole month on that but i i i also just wanted to cash in my token of when else are we going to talk about disney channel original you know movies mm. 
probably never. So <laughs> as long as I get to choose the theme, this is the direction that we're going. Yeah, bir- birthday months are our little like off kilter picks, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, which I think is really fun. Yeah. Um, and Disney Channel original movies. I mean, just uh, like I mean, as soon as I like turned it on, like it did feel like I kind of return back to that feeling of you totally. know i have i have a bunch of younger siblings so me and my sisters we would always watch the premieres of the disney channel original movies like every time it, it was, was always, an event man it was always on a friday they would hype it up for like a month you Hell know yeah. and like they would give you like a good like three or four a year yeah of these uh of these original movies which was super dope uh and it, they started off as disney channel premiere movies uh back in the 80s but then they uh took on the decom banner uh, in 1997, which we'll talk the very first decom next week uh, with Under Wraps. But today, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, one that uh, came up as a, a joke originally, like earlier in the year when um, me and Garrett uh, guested on the Incinerator podcast. Yes. And uh, Garrett, who... Yeah, this episode has lore, so you better strap in. <laughs> it does, which is so... And again, uh, with us doing stuff on accent, we had Billy Ray last week, so... It was a nice little segue in, but uh, on the Incinerator pod, Garrett uh, didn't understand the game uh, much for, yeah. for the pod that we were doing. Yeah, uh, when, when I'm the kind of person I'm sure some listeners can relate is like when game rules are explained to me, something happens to my brain. <laughs> like the hamster falls off the wheel, you know, the, the, the team making it work just completely clock out for the day and my brain just starts like leaking out my ears. And the Incinerator is a show intentionally designed to have too many rules and intentionally designed to be confusing. (laughs) And I remember like preparing for that show and just being like completely bewildered about what to do. And so I was like, you know what I'm going to do this? I'm going to pick a dark horse uh, of a movie, you know, the category being vampire movies. I'm going to pick a movie that is unlikely to win. It's not your Fright Mm -hmm. Night. It's not your Nosferatu. It's not even your Lost Boys or something like that. I'm going to pick this movie that no one is going to go to bat for except for me, and I'm just going to ride its coattails until the end, and it got surprisingly far, I might add. (laughs) Well, because honestly, uh, because we we were on, like, I think it was only the third or fourth episode of that pod, so it was like things were still getting worked out and stuff. But like as it goes on, like and and once you do kind of figure out like how Billy Ray's twisted game works, um, that pretty much is the best strategy. Is you mm-hmm. pick one movie that you are riding with. It's not trying to make the best like ranking list. It's like yeah. no, you pick your one movie that you are trying to get to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and because that's the strategy I had to pick whenever I returned for the tournament of champions. Because you then, saw what happened. You saw the strength. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to pick two movies and these are my ride or dies for the rest of the episode. I didn't see half the movies that were talked about on that episode because yeah. it was a Hitchcock and I could only catch up so far. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so this uh, this movie was uh, Garrett's uh, dark horse pick that was yeah. just haunting me for, for the entire episode. Because <laughs> you were taking it like super seriously and I was like, fuck, I I don't know this <laughs> dumb Disney Channel movie from the year 2000. You know, yeah. So, so I'm a, so I'm excited to uh, get into these uh, to get into a couple more of these decoms before we do our you know end of the year wrap up as uh, as we close out 2022. So uh, let's go ahead and get into it, y'all. <laughs> Mom's got a date with a vampire released on October 13th, 2000. Look at them on a Friday the 13th. They we did it. That. We love that for them. Uh, this was uh, directed by Steve Boyum. Uh, this was written by Lindsay Nathans, who did the story, and Robert Keats, that did the teleplay. And uh, the score was done by Christopher Brady. 
And just uh, not to bash on people's names, but do you realize, isn't it kind of funny, though, the people that do, like, TV movies always have the most just, like, basic boring names? Yeah, these, a lot of the people that worked on this movie, like, are, they have the names of an NPC, you know? Literally. But they, they, they did killer work, and I also want to shout out Steve Boyum, the director of this, is a DCOM legend. The dude not only did uh, Johnny Tsunami, but Stepsister from Planet Weird and Motocross, which is, like, it's a pretty good run. It's a pretty good group. run. <laughs> that's, a, that's an eclectic group there. Uh, motocross is uh, my jam of those of those listed. But yeah, uh, Steve, and a lot of uh, these directors would do that too. Like a lot of these directors would do like a couple decoms, which is yeah. really fun. And, and, and I do want to say that these directors do try. Like that's the best part too. Oh like, yeah. Th- these directors, like they, they do a few of these because they like doing this, you mm-hmm. know, and they actually do. Uh, deliver like you know really solid product so they they have working man names because these are the working man directors <laughs> they're real journeymen of hollywood <laughs> for real though but, uh, but we salute them uh cinematography done by michael story edited by alan cody uh there is no box office because this was a disney channel original movie um i guess i should have looked i was gonna look up the nielsen ratings uh, if i could find them but uh didn't do that uh but it does have a letterbox score people have been uh uh, log in it. It has a 2.7 out of 5. Just below fresh. Not that bad, though. Just below. So, not too shabby. Um, it's some subgenres. Obviously, we're talking, like, family-friendly horror stuff uh, going forward. But uh, we got some sibling drama. Uh, obviously, vampires in the title. Um, and we got, uh, yeah, that's that's the main ones. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll dig in a little bit more here in a sec. Uh, but before we hit the 60-second synopsis, uh, Garrett. Why do you why do you pick the movie today? Uh, so yeah, obviously there was the the lore connection um, of of the the Incinerator podcast, but this was one that really stuck out to me as a kid, and I think having you know obviously my taste in horror has grown since then. I think the DNA that is in this movie is also in a lot of other prominent like particularly eighties movies, and I think that this is a unique case of a decom movie that it's like. If you're not old enough to watch Fright Night or something like that, here's like a diet Fright Night. And I don't mean that as an insult. Like this is a PG Fright Night that really anybody can can watch. And I think that this movie um, doesn't maybe as some of uh, as opposed to some of the others that we'll be talking about isn't as scary, but it still has that fun like early 2000s. Like you've got your popcorn ball. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got your popcorn ball mm-hmm. and it's Halloween night and you're, you know, going to be watching this new Disney Channel movie. I think that this movie, above a lot of others, captures that fall vibe really well. Not as famous as like a Hocus Pocus or a Halloween Town, but I think that this one is a slept on Disney Channel original movie. And having rewatched it for the first time in a very long time, this was so much fun. It like, I really up. enjoyed this. This is dope. So I'm excited to talk about it. Oh, yeah. It totally holds up. Like, I was, I was very, um, I was very happy uh, and had a very good time watching this. This was, yeah, definitely the first time I've watched it in 20 years at least. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, because I, I think I've only, I had only seen this one once. But yeah, uh, what, what's really fun about this one is, like you said, like a, you know, kind of a diet fright night. 
and it, and it's in a way that like you can tell again like that they wanted to be like here let's like from the very opening scene of having like the cold open of like them watching a, mm-hmm. a like you know universal monster movie essentially it yeah. was there like what what was it count klelski yeah very like, like hammer horror kind yeah. of vibes and so like you know so they they are like kind of tipping their you know cap that they're like hey like this is what we're trying to do like we want to introduce like that you know vibe yeah. To, yeah, to the, kids the, the of, kid today. has like Bella Lugosi posters and Boris Karloff's The Mummy poster in his room, so it's it's very aware. And there's mm-hmm. even some lines in the movie too that are literally like famous, you know, vampire Dracula lines. Yeah, and, and like you said, this one um, maybe a little bit lighter on uh, the the creepy and spookiness uh, compared to some of the other ones. Um, and but it does have like it still has you know it has a couple creepy scenes of mm-hmm. you know some vampire shit going on. Um, but this one kind of more taps into um, that that classic feel of not only Disney Channel original movies, but a lot of like the series of that time, too, of like these, you know, these kid adventures. Like mm-hmm. it's like three kids. They're riding their bikes around the town. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're conning people like, you know, doing all this shit, you know, and like it's like th- that that fun, like, you know, kid adventure vibe. Yeah. There's and, uh, a musical number in the movie, which is always, a staple. <laughs> always, whether it's a dance, whether it's someone singing, uh, something. There's always a musical number. Gotta have at least one in there. And uh, yeah, and it and it really does like it. It like kind of it, it checks all the boxes mm-hmm. for like this type of movie and totally. like what you want out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I'm excited to uh to dive into it. You ready for a 60 second synopsis? Boy, am I ever ready! All right. I got you with your 60 seconds on the clock in three, two, one, go. All right, you've got young Adam and Chelsea Hansen, two young suburban kids who are just trying to go out and enjoy their teenage years, but of course, they get grounded. Adam didn't do his homework. Chelsea's being a bitch. Mom grounds them. They're not allowed to go out at night, so the kids formulate this plan that they're going to set out mom with uh, some mysterious stranger. It doesn't matter who it is, as long as they get her out of the house so that she can go on this date, because she recently got a divorce. Unfortunately for them, as the title will lead you to believe, believe mom has been set up with a vampire the kids slowly start to unravel the truth about this mysterious man and then now like set out on a quest to save their mom from getting sucked but not in a good way not in a good way at all uh of course we're talking about the the dracula sucky nor this he's not quite a sucky bis but yeah trying to save mom from dracula essentially boom with seven seconds to spare yeah yeah that is um definitely uh, it's a very straightforward, you know, we're not trying to confuse the kids out here or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, and again, you know, obviously the similarities to Fright Night and uh, we'll definitely get into that with movie math, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, and again, like uh, it's kind of lighter on the vampire elements, though it does have, you know, the the classic tropes, you know, he has to be invited inside. You yeah. can't see him in the mirror, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and then they even like play with it too, with like that that scene where they're like convincing the youngest uh, that you know they're gonna test him. They're like, oh, you you know the spoon test. Like, yeah. uh, so I like how they even have like some fun with it, but it's pretty light on uh, the vampire lore stuff. It's kind of pretty straightforward, and obviously, uh, I mean, this is a vampire movie without a single drop of blood. Obviously, for obvious yeah, reasons. Yeah, for but, sure. Yeah. But also kind of funny to think about, like. 
well then why would you even try but well you know, it, it, it kind of <laughs> like also leans into the the main our, our main vampire dimitri donatos uh, not related to uh, a friend of the show matt donatos <laughs> <laughs> um but the fact that dimitri throughout this entire movie the mom lynette uh who is you know recently divorced trying to like re-understand who she is as a woman rather than just a wife or even just a mom mm-hmm. which is like a level of depth to the movie that i wasn't quite expecting or remembered but dimitri kind of has like the vampire equivalent to blue balls the entire movie <laughs> it kind of pokes fun at that to where he's like maybe we can go somewhere alone and talk quote unquote you know and i think lynette believes that you know he just kind of wants to fool around and you know she's having a nice time she's like no let's go dancing let's go to the carnival let's do all of these things and he's just like fuck like i'm so i'm so sick of this i just want to like eat this woman and so it kind of like you know plays around with that you know that he's just trying to get her into bed or into his coffin as it were (laughs) but there's also a lot of like you know good sight gags in the movie there's some interesting puns to where this is a, a time where you know you're not going on tinder you're not going on on hinge or anything like that so they they to the kids to get the, a date for their mom they consult the, the newspaper. local newspaper to which like i don't know about you you could do that though that was a thing didn't know that uh that but the, to me if you're that horny that you go to your local newspaper and take out an ad to say you're that single like that is some desperate shit but i love also the old meets the new in that part because they also they all go on the internet but yeah. then they email him they're yes. like yeah they put newspaper ads out but they all included email yeah yeah uh, same kind of you've got mail sort of era yeah. which leads to a funny sight gag in the movie to where dimitri the vampire has a desktop computer computer set up right next to his coffin and he gets like a you got mail and like he just you know opens his coffin and like checks his email which is really funny really really funny but yeah there's some other jokes in the movie of course like in his you know you know about me section he's like oh i like long walks at night and i hate italian food and i hate turtlenecks too you know of course for obvious vampire reasons but i think that this movie plays enough with that sort of stuff and there is a lot of those you know i i think there is those those lore moments story like yeah he can't go in the house or they use like silver nails to like nail the coffin and you know the mirror and all of those kind of kid friendly things that you can do uh but yeah it's it's this in texas chainsaw massacre that there is like no blood in either of these movies <laughs> wow wow look at that that, that is actually hilarious and yeah, and 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 I like that the movie also like like this is a classic watch this with your babysitter movie. Oh, for sure. Like for real. Like this is like the ultimate in that because like even like uh, like I could even still like uh, picture 16 year old me like really enjoying this mm-hmm. and being like this is actually like really great. And yeah. then like, you know, but still watch it as an adult being able to appreciate it. And and I like how, yeah, they're they're having a lot of fun uh, more with uh, the spooky vampire elements and things. Uh, but then, you know, they're also not skimping on, you know, these movies, they always do have like a real theme at the core of them. You oh, know? Yeah. And, and I like how they are tackling like, OK, like these, you know, the, the classic siblings are forced to spend the night together and like, you know, go through these things. And of right. course, you know, they remember that they're close and that they love each other. So you got the sibling stuff. Yeah. Uh, but then I do like the um, um, that the movie, you know, goes more in the angle of, like you said, like it's the mom trying to rediscover herself as a person mm-hmm. uh, rather than just being like, oh, I need to move on and I need to find new love and like yeah. all these things, you know, it's all at the behest of their kids, you know, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, are really also like 
And I, I like how the kids also aren't the kids that are like, oh, uh, we really want, um, you know, mom to be back together with dad. Like, they're like, okay, no, we, we get it. You guys are divorced. You're not together. Yeah. And so it's like, I like that the, the movie is even mature enough to like, you know, deal with those issues as well. Mm -hmm. Um, of, um, you know, and, and, and depicting it for, you know, kids that, you know, are watching these movies and they're like, Oh, not everybody's parents are married. That's cool to see, you know, and it's okay. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, from, from separated parents myself, I appreciate that. Hey, me too, buddy. Up top. Hey, up top. Hell yeah. Children to divorce. Let's go. We love it. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so, so I really like that they don't skimp on like, you know, the, the family values, uh, angle of it, but also not going with like the traditional family values either. I mean, this is 2000. I'm not saying this is like being like super progressive, but I mean, yeah, it's, it, it, I can imagine that in 2000, this would have been really refreshing. Yeah. And I think that it also kind of portrays this interesting dichotomy. Uh, and if, if you're a fan of this podcast and, and taking a swing at movies that aren't that deep and us like really digging deep yeah. for the themes, <laughs> you're going to love this episode. But the fact that this movie, I think, gets to kind of that core of being someone who you saw their parents date and then end up marrying someone who isn't, you know, your mom or your dad. I think that this movie paints this kind of picture of not only the fear of watching that from a children's point of view to like looking at your parents and, you know, being fearful of the strange man in your house now mm-hmm. wondering, could they be a monster, you know, but then mm-hmm. also on the flip side of that, like from the parents point of view, trying to get back out there and trying to date and kind of putting your toe back into the dating pool and then being, you know, fearful of like the kind of people that you're going to meet. But in that, like who is the person that you kind of rediscover? Because like, when you're in a long committed relationship like that and you break it up, you, it's, you're kind of like you kind of have to figure out again how to navigate the dating pool. And mm-hmm. what does that look like for you as a person? And I think it's interesting that the movie does end at a point to where I think the two kids in this movie, Adam and Chelsea, are like trying to set up their mom for completely selfish reasons. Like they don't mm-hmm. care that she gets back together. They don't really care how nice of a person this is they're just like oh great as long as i can go to my concert or as long as i can go to some date with this boy it's fine but at the end of the movie we see them set up mom with this person who they have like similar hobbies they seem nice yeah he's a vampire hunter but i think the movie shows this real progression of the kids of like actually rediscovering each other as a family and discovering you know that it's not just all about you oh yeah 100 percent. like i i'm and again, I think it's like presented just like in a very nice fashion that like, you know, that there's never set up a conflict with the kids like at the beginning of like also, like you said, like <clears throat> except except when they do play it like to their benefit, even when they are uh, play up the like what the typical, you know, depiction of this would have been, mm-hmm. which is like kids going, oh, yeah, I remember how nice it was when we were together. Like, yeah, you remember? And they use it to, like, set up the grocery store meet cute of, right. like, yeah. planning to see of, like, oh, yeah, you know, it, we missed those pancakes that you and exactly. dad used to yeah. do and with the chocolate chips. And like, yeah. I thought that was <clears throat> a really uh, fun spin on that, you know, because, again, like, it's, like, kind of taking, like, what you uh would typically would have seen and they're like you know no like these kids are you know adjusted and they are completely okay mm-hmm. maybe even better than okay because these kids are some fucking uh uh it adam though he's a classic of um that 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 teenager that is he's super smart for his age and yeah. all mature super and, like, precocious the, and just yeah, yeah. The, the the wit and he has a answer for everything like you know of course like the the classic 
faking a presentation in class uh, yeah. bit. And then like, you know, the way that he's like uh, presented like a, a, a like used car salesman, like he's like always negotiating and, yeah. and whatnot, like him trying to negotiate his grounding was like really hilarious. Convinced me. Yeah. Cause like the, the scene to set it up, if you guys haven't seen it is like, he's grounded for the weekend, which means that he can't go to the show and he's like, I'll do you one better mom. Instead of being grounded for this weekend, what if I'm grounded throughout all of next week instead of just two days and well, let's just start on Sunday. And I was like, hell kid drives a hard bargain. I'd fall for it if I was a parent. So yeah, Matt O'Leary is the the actor that uh who went by matthew at the time uh but matt o'leary is like does a great job of this like he's I, i'm not a the a biggest fan of kids in the world but like i had no problem like going through this movie with them like they're they're pretty like good and funny and have like good timing and they're not bad actors oh, for no. being like a made for tv movie in the early 2000s this kid is great he brings literally um He's like basically playing the same kid that uh, Frankie Muniz plays in Big Fat Liar. Oh yeah, you know another like, classic of the genre. A classic of the genre, but like I mean, and these were these kids were my idol when I was that <laughs> age. Like I was like you know like oh yeah I can talk myself out of anything. I can yeah make shit happen and like exactly. And, and maybe that's why I like con men movies these days too because like the that's what uh, this kid's gonna go on to be. He's either gonna be a uh, a Wall Street broker or he's uh, <laughs> gonna be doing something else. But uh, he's, he's got skills. But yeah, um, and and that's always the thing too with the Disney Channel original movies is um, it, it was always a, a dice roll because like they actually used actual kids. They right. were playing their real ages always yeah. in these movies. Mm -hmm. Like it was never like, you know, getting someone older and then like DHM down, um, which again, it would come with a, a dice roll of, okay, do we got a shitty kid actor here? Do we got a good one? And, uh, right. and th yeah, this kid brings it. Uh, he would go on uh, to do spy kids too. Yes, he did. Uh, he was, uh, the, the evil, uh, uh, of the well, not evil, but kind of the the bad boy, the evil spy kid. Yeah, I get the, what you're the, the rivals. Yes, yes. Um, and then um, he was like get, with the girl with the pigtails, like flew. Is that is that yeah, the one you're talking about? Which was Emily Osmond. Yes, who would go on Disney Channel. It's all connected. It's, it's all, all there. connected. <laughs> and then um, the uh, who plays the sister in this one, uh, yeah. Laura Vandervoort. Uh, she's also uh, she's a, a bit of a scream queen. She's uh, done a few different uh, genre things in general. I mean, she was uh, Supergirl in Smallville, uh, but then she also did a werewolf show called Bitten. So she oh cool. So funny. She gets to do the opposite of a vampire thing. And then you've got like the little brother character portrayed by Miles Jeffrey, which if you don't know, is the the little kid at the beginning of Face Off that John Travolta is like holding on the on the merry-go-round oh, that Nick Cage fucking snipes. No. <laughs> it's that kid. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. I was also going to say, uh, Laura Vandervoort, uh, she recently was a uh, final girl in Jigsaw. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah. so she's still hop she's still in the genre. So, I mean, that's three genre films. And for me, that means like you're in. Uh, as long as you have oh, like three bangers at least, hundred percent. So, so she's uh she's doing it. She's around. I wanted to know what your thoughts were on uh, Charles uh, Shaughnessy, uh, who portrays our our you know titular vampire in the movie. What did you think of his performance? I think he I, I think he's him. doing a great job, hamming it up. I've always loved him. He's always he's popped up in you know so many comedies, uh, TV shows. Um, he would often do like kids movies and things like he's, he's popped up so much and he kind of plays his same type all the time, you know, mm -hmm. um, which is perfect for him being a fancy vampire, uh, from Finland, apparently. 
um, because that's where he's going to get shipped back to at the end of the movie. Oh, very nice. Yeah, oh. he's also like, I, I'm fairly certain is like the lead love interest in The Nanny. Uh, yep. Yeah, so. That is him. Yeah, he he was very popular around this era. era. He does, I think he does a great job of kind of the suave, debonair, but then also like sexually frustrated vampire that he is. Like, he's mm-hmm. good enough of a vampire to like turn into a bat and to like seduce people with his eyes, but he also spends the entire movie trying to kill this one woman and gets beaten by like two children so <laughs> oh yeah like i mean and and again he's like perfect for the role because i mean he's, he's a good looking guy i've always, i remember i always loved his voice as a kid i was like ooh, he's got a cool accent i yeah. like him and uh i mean he, and he looks damn good in that uh grocery store meet cute oh, when yeah. he comes around the corner in that tucked in polo i was like oh damn he is okay. a fashion icon especially like in today's era he's got the wife pleaser on with like the denim the denim shirt tucked into the to the jeans he's got like the canadian tuxedo on and oh yeah he is like peak you know peak female gaze especially in the early 2000s oh yeah and uh and it which is really great um yeah i like his performance you know he he yeah. He even does have like a, a a couple actually like genuinely creepy scenes. Like uh, mm-hmm. the the scene in the club is like kind of like uh, he's given some he's given some weird looks. I'm like okay, he's like he's kind of creepy here. And mm-hmm. um, they uh, have a, a a nice uh vampire walk up the wall. Actually, look pretty good. It's not bad. It's not I bad. Like, I was like, nice, nice. Yeah, there's a few effects in the movie. Uh, there's some easy camera tricks to where he's like in the mirror, not you know, or not in the mirror. You don't see his reflection, but you know, they cut to him on the table, and so there's some nice, easy made-for-TV visual effects that you can do there. Um, but then there's like some camera tricks that they do at the end, and I imagine it's just like you know, them speeding up the footage or whatever, but he like flies right towards the screen. And I could imagine if you were a little kid, that'd be a little freaky, you know, like this movie isn't quite, and we're going to talk about some again later this month. It's missing that little flair, that little, the little seasoning of like, there's that one scene that when you're a kid, would probably scare the shit out of you and you're going to remember when you're an adult this movie doesn't really have any moments like this but i think it's dealing with sort of the subject matter and everything you know i think like don't look under the bed has a few moments to where it's like oh no you're gonna be crying when you see this is <laughs> as which, a kid which we're gonna be talking which about. we're gonna be talking gonna about be talking but uh mom's got a date with a vampire doesn't really have any of those moments but again i think it deals with the subject matter of vampires enough to where yeah this could totally be an entry point to somebody who doesn't really know about vampires and it's like you know kind of explaining the rules of how to how to beat these guys yeah you get the cliff notes um i love how and then we even get a van helsing in this who is um a newspaper uh yeah van helsing but he does have some skills Mm -hmm. uh he does that little uh, charcoal trick and i was like Okay, so he is the real That deal. was like his one trick, I might add, is like he lights trick. footsteps on fire and is like, oh, they went this way. And like he spends most of the movie driving around with like a six-year-old in the car. Which I'll <laughs> say the 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 car salesman's reaction is one of the funniest things in the movie. He yeah. Goes, he goes, he goes, glowing flip. He goes, glowing footprints. That guy was a freak, wasn't he? I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. Uh but yeah, uh, so it's like we get like uh, the kids, you know, TV version of Van Helsing, uh, which I love that it is never questioned uh, by any of the adults in the movie that this eight-year-old just spent the night uh, driving around with this yeah. adult stranger man. Yeah, because <laughs> he, he comes into the house at one point because they hire a babysitter to stay with like the littlest kid, yeah. who the babysitter is, is actually kind of funny. They ha- They have a variation of pretty much two lines which is no way uh and then what was the other was it was 
no way and then was it like shut up or something like that or that and and eye rolling it was it was something she was on the phone and i i can't quite remember one of them was definitely no way uh but she was just like repeating that line just with like different inflection points oh it doesn't matter but anyway like he comes into the house this van helsing character and she looks and she's like he's got to go to bed like that she's like well what are you doing here this kid's got to go to bed and i'm just like there's a fucking adult man in the house that this kid yeah. called <laughs> like yeah. Oh, yeah that's your reaction is it's bedtime you know <laughs> hey 2000s it was a different time yeah she she did seem uh if a, too if invested. a mysterious man in a hat comes in your house hey it's chill yeah exactly yeah <laughs> it's, uh, it's and chill. a trench coat like a super a super sus trench coat uh <laughs> but no there are some other like fun supporting characters this kind there's this kind of like bully character who is you know given the the tickets that the our main lead wants to go his to his name is boomer his name is boomer but which which i have to shout out i i made a tweet thread one day when i was very bored mm -hmm. and it's a story about this uh childhood kid that i knew named boomer uh go on twitter I, i'm not gonna recount it for <laughs> you but it's a it's a it's a thrilling thread if i do say so myself do you think it's going to get turned into like a Zola kind of movie, like an A24? Oh, uh, no, not enough. It, I mean, it could be a short film. I think it was only like eight tweets. It wasn't like that long of a thread. I'll have I'm, to I'll have to do it. Even more lore for this show. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, the character Boomer is like kind of this, like he's a bully, but he's mostly just like a burnout. Like he's just kind of a loser. Like he's not like a jock or anything. He's kind of just an idiot. But he he talks about that he wants to take like the, the main sister out on a date. And he's like, first, we'll go see a Kung Fu movie and then we'll come back here and get cheeseburgers and i'm like that sounds like a pretty sick date to me <laughs> like yeah. i would be pretty down and, with that until he tried to negotiate her consent with uh, her 100 brother <laughs> i was like you had me there and then you totally lost because even adam's yeah. like i can't guarantee you a kiss bro and he's like a kiss man and they on the lips like <laughs> clarifying so that way adam couldn't like you know, yeah be like oh yeah give him a kiss on cheek. So, yeah yeah uh very funny and then of course uh the mom played by uh caroline ray uh, uh <laughs> I like gave up. Rhea. I like gave up like halfway through because I couldn't decide if I was gonna say Ray or Rhea. Ray. Uh, so Rhea. whichever yeah. one it is, it, but it sounded uh, like you were like very, very attractive. You're like Rhea. The mom's uh, got, mommy. I mean, mom's got a date with a vampire. Uh. Well, well, she well she was one of the aunts in uh in a teenage uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch the the series. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was a fan of the other aunt. She was the one that I was like mommy. Uh, but Caroline Rhea really great uh she's uh she's also a staple in a lot of uh fr family friendly entertainment uh which again you know you got to imagine they make a good career out of it and good I money I, steady working uh she's also a regular on the phineas and ferb show i think she voiced the mom so yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a disney family member no doubt yeah she was also in christmas with the cranks yeah so this movie is just full of people that like used to get a lot of work and then now are mostly like oh yeah like one episode of whatever show but it's like yeah, yeah but around this time like these were always the people that were like oh yeah hey it's yeah it's, so -and -so it's, it's a that. lot of like oh it's that guy you know yeah <laughs> yeah which i which i do appreciate and i mean really everybody all the performances are really fun i bought into the family i bought into the sibling energy totally uh, especially between uh adam and i keep saying the sister cause i didn't write her name down i in think the it's notes. caroline Coraline, caroline uh, Chelsea, Jesus. Chelsea. Yeah, I was close. Chelsea. 
Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, between Chelsea and Adam, like they, they have, you know, their fun little things where they're, they're solving issues and problems with like their memories and Mm -hmm. stuff from like past things. I thought that was like really nice. That was really wholesome. Yeah. The movie has a nice like pace to it to where they're trying to follow, you know, uh, their mom and then this vampire on different, you know, places that they go to. So yeah, like I said, they're, they're at dinner. Yeah. Yeah. They're at dinner and then they go dancing and then they go to this like carnival and then, you know, of course the big spooky mansion finale so yeah i think that the movie which comes in at like a tight 80 minutes uh uh, 85 or yeah 85 minutes to be exact like the movie has a nice pace to it to where i'm I'm never quite bored you know always watching these characters try to you know outsmart this this very again very frustrated vampire (laughs) who is just like annoyed with the entire situation which is fun yeah i mean again and it is all like all the things that they're doing like you know like obviously family friendly but like so it's like, yeah, we we can't obviously like, you know, like fight him or we can't like, you know, like hurt him and stuff. But it's yeah. just like they like keep just trying inconvenience to inconvenience yeah, him <laughs> to be a, just be a pain in his ass is uh, what they're doing. And again, yeah. like I aspired to be these that kid because I mean, again, you, me and we've talked, we we're both bike kids that just ride around Hell and yeah. kind of do whatever because the town was small and it was mm-hmm. safe and you could do that. Yeah. And, you know, and like uh, the way that he like infiltrates the the dance hall and stuff, and like mm-hmm. uh, even like he does it like so like James Bond like the sisters like how are you gonna get in there and he just goes watch the bikes <laughs> and I was like God I love this kid <laughs> yeah it's fun there's a lot of uh, fun banter with him and like the 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 bouncer at the club he's like you see that guy over there he's been following my mom and you know like he is just really kind of smooth talking his way through this so yeah like a lot of this movie rests on the shoulders of these two kids and I think that they do a perfectly fine job of like making this not just like a watchable movie but an enjoyable one I was just surprised like you a lot of times when you go back and watch these like you're like perform performances aren't great or there's a lot of visual effects that just don't hold up but this is i think this is totally fine like like oh, if, yeah. if this was like a halloween staple for somebody especially in an era of like a disney plus era to where you're very easily able to watch a movie like this in hd like i i think that this deserves to be like in it's the nice... goosebumps kind of annual rewatches oh, yeah it's it's got a really good fall vibe like it's a vampire movie it's around halloween yeah, uh, there's a carnival going on, mm-hmm. like, you know, little town festival, all the things. I, I, I would like. say that was my biggest complaint, I guess, is like I, I lean into the Halloween a little bit more. There's like shots yeah. of some pumpkins here and there. Mm-hmm. But I think that like that rockabilly concert, it could have been a costume. A con- I think it was concert maybe it was like, like maybe this was like at the beginning of October festival. Yeah, like maybe it wasn't quite yeah, Halloween. Yet. There's like, yeah, like that carnival that they go to is like a harvest festival. Yes. And I was just kind of like, it's exactly lean that. into that a little bit bit more you know like give give me that fall vibes which is something that mm-hmm. i think like a uh, halloween town for obvious reasons has and hocus pocus as well because like yeah there's a song and dance number but it's at a costume party you know and i think mm-hmm. there could have been a fun moment to where like he runs into somebody dressed like a vampire and he's just like oh god you know like just annoyed by it that could be fun so i would say that's probably my one slight with the movie you know not that it's like a cinematic masterpiece or anything but you know g- give me a little bit more halloween vibes it's got enough it's got enough but it could always use more yeah like uh, yeah we could have gotten a good uh, i mean of course we want it we always want a little bit more spooky um i mean the the final showdown like the the creepy castle you mm-hmm. know it's fun it's fine yeah um has a, a few uh fun shots i love that you know they their big plan is like oh yeah we're gonna jack his coffin and <laughs> all these things yeah and uh, i love it again at the end since they can't kill him 
uh, the thing is, he goes, uh, they go, what are you going to do with them? He goes, well, I'm going to send them down to the South Pole for the holidays, and then I'm going to go retrieve them and send them back to Finland. <laughs> and it's like, wait, why Why would you do them? I don't know. Yeah, you, like you said, you can't end this movie with them like, shoving a stake through his chest no, or anything. No, they, they you staple know? his coffin shut with a nail gun S- instead. Silver nails, I might silver add. Silver-plated so, nails. Yeah, which I don't know if... I didn't know that was, you know, a thing against vampires. That's always so. been... Uh, that's always been back and forth because mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen in because traditionally that's a werewolf thing yeah but I have seen in some vampire stuff that silver um, has some sort of maybe effect. that's where the spoon techniques come from you know like it, mm. if it's actual silverware you know it, they probably couldn't use it so yeah maybe possibly. maybe yeah so um but yeah you know the the, the I, I would have taken a little bit more of the of the Halloween vibes as well <clears throat> mm-hmm. um but uh, and, and I also love how, again, like I mentioned that these directors, they, they very much are trying, you know, like mm-hmm. um, I, I think you could. I, I mean, I would say I would say like because, I mean, they had a really good run up through the 2000s. And then I'd say around like zombie high is where they're like, OK, now we're just like kind of making stuff and like yeah. kind of maybe phoning it in just to get the numbers and sell merchandise and like that kind of sure. stuff. Um, I mean, I know the Descendants uh, trilogy was apparently pretty solid. Uh, Didn't from, see it, to be honest. Didn't see it. Um, I, I saw the first one. It's like about uh, the Disney Channel villains as kids and the school they go to. Nice. Or, or well, they get some of the villains get to come to the, the good school with like the good Disney people, kids. Cool, man. Sounds great. <laughs> um, but again, um, I think uh, I think when you like you know see some of these movies you could assume that maybe a director would like phone it in but they're not like this director like you know he keeps like you said the paces keeps moving there's always stuff going on Uh, there's a good scope like you know like we get out and about into the town and Mm -hmm. like you know with these big dance uh with the the rockabilly scene and stuff and and uh and and he even has some attempts that he's trying some style here Mm -hmm. and there when he throws in out these random scenes of slow motion like you said but they like he like warps like the sound and there's like all this like like warped like wind and stuff and yeah. it's like uh, uh, like it, it, the 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 time it cracked me up the most because I mean they did it a lot in the end which kind of makes sense because you know final finale whatever yeah but there's a scene earlier on where it's simply the youngest kid riding his bike into town to find uh his mom yeah. and he puts it into slow motion and he's like just this eight-year-old kid and he's looking around and there's a there's guitar riffs on the score that's what was Hell making me yeah. laugh it was like super like aggressive guitar riffs i was like okay i was like weird weird spot to put in some style but okay which i'll say the score even though it's kind of generic pretty solid though yeah it's not bad and i i think it just goes to again like the production level that disney was capable of at this time um and it's this isn't a movie that is riddled with cgi uh, and green screen uh, which just kind of i don't know makes it feel a little bit more higher budget in a weird way um like it's it's something that i i don't know the disney plus era necessarily has captured again uh i would love to see these kind of made for tv horror movies kind of make their return i know there was like the muppets haunted mansion that came out fairly recently which is like one of the few disney you know related kind of quote-unquote horror movies to come out so i i think that this is a genre 
of movies that we're going to be spending this month talking about that I would like to see make a resurgence. Like I know they're readily available. You can go watch them on a Disney plus, but I would like to see a movie of this kind of caliber yeah. even come back. I mean, I mean, they're still making them, but you can still see like you can see in the ones today's that it's like they're building them on like kind of cheaper looking sets. And then they're, saying, employ man. they're employing more CGI and like, yeah, like a lot of these movies, like they're, they're in like real areas. They get all these extras. They're shooting in real schools, you know, and like, you know, they're up in, they're in the streets. Mm hmm. You know, like this, like everything is very tactile, you know, and it, and it adds to, um, you know, the relatability of it. Like you can, you know, very much watch this as a kid and be like, oh my gosh, that feels like my town, or, totally. you know, something like that. Um, and, and again, and like, this is just when Disney, they, they were really in a groove in like the early 2000s and, and I think they like, you know, they knew, uh, that, that they, that these were bringing in these numbers. It was, you know, doing the things that they were doing. So they were willing to put the money to, to into some of these to be like, you know, like these didn't have huge budgets, but a lot of them would have like, you know, some of them would have up to $5 million budgets. Like right. they were, you know, Which so back in the two thousands, you know, is not, it's not a bad little for, budget. For a made yeah. for TV, you know, movie aimed, you know, at kids, mm -hmm. you know, that's pretty, that's pretty substantial. Cause yeah. again, like they, they knew, uh, kind of what they had with these and, you know, so putting them out on this consistent basis uh, just became, you know, um, a, a very a routine, but in a, you know, they were almost kind of doing a Blumhouse thing, except they weren't really making money out of it because yeah. like, I mean, I mean, they were making money, I assume some, I guess, you know, with advertising during the sure. movies and uh, the syndication stuff and, and home sales too. Mm -hmm. That's, that's really where they're making their money. The but DVDs, but, but at the same time, it's like, I kind of like to think that like, you know, since these weren't going into theaters, they didn't have a subscription fee to mm -hmm. watch these that like, you know, I feel, I like to think that they were doing these, you know, for the kids. Yeah. The goodness of their heart, which is, <laughs> you know, the truest of Christmas spirit, you know, you know, trying, it's all trying, about. trying to be optimistic about uh, our overlord mouse. It's going to own us one day, probably own this podcast too. No, I think that's kind of what this month is, is going to be about and was kind of my ideas, like this very nostalgic uh, uh, sort of lens that even in a lot of modern horror movies or even in movies that are in that Halloween rotation, like an Evil Dead or something like that, that you'll watch every year around Halloween time there might not be that this particular flavor of nostalgia There definitely is nostalgia attributed to a lot of those movies, but really taking you back to again, it's like, Oh, it's just before fall break and we were at school and we watched this thing and we had our little Halloween treat bags or, you know, whatever. I think that this movie just really gives you that sense of like, Oh, remember when you were a kid? Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember like, yeah, like talking about it at school and you're like getting all hyped up, you know, and especially like for this, they put it on Friday the 13th. Hell so yeah. You know, getting the spooky kids, you know, going and getting it's like, oh, yeah, like uh, you want to come over and we'll watch this and we'll make s'mores or we'll make, you know, some, you know, whatever. And yeah. I, uh, you know, this is a total watch it in a pillow fort. You know, Absolutely. in October, and I can't underestimate how the importance of popcorn balls in the early 2000s. I Dude, really can't. I totally <laughs> forgot about popcorn balls until you said them, and I remember them now. Like they were uh, such a mess. I mean, your hands the were so sticky. The structural integrity of a popcorn ball is is ludicrous. It's ridiculous. Like you can't. Yeah, well, you. It's like like an apple. You just like take a big bite out a, of it. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, and they were and they were like individually wrapped and stuff. I remember those. Let's try to times. make some. That's Ooh. what you're getting for Christmas. You're getting popcorn balls. <laughs> you totally could. And you know what? I could make them.
infused with wheat too. Oh, very nice, very nice. Because you, you, the binding's going to have some butter in now it. Now you're so. talking. Now you're talking. Oh, there we go. So this is, uh, yeah, I, I can imagine a lot of these episodes are going to be kind of a little shorter than usual. Hey, yeah, are. I mean, the movies are also shorter. And yeah, what what can you say? But I, I will say. Not, I, a, not I, as much to, to chew on, um, you know, like I, I think we very much like talked about every scene in this movie <laughs> in this short amount of time, you know, but, but that's, you know, I, yeah. I but I but I love that though that um that there's um you know the again like these movies um if they didn't have like the effort behind them you know they wouldn't really be worth talking about yeah. at all but they are because you know they actually try with these movies so um out of out of five uh out of five what are we doing for this one um out of five do you remember those like wax vampire teeth that you'd put in yes. your mouth out of five whatever the hell the wax vampire teeth i guess that's what it's yeah, called not not the plastic ones i'm talking about the wax one with the red lips like the real gross ones yeah <laughs> real strange but then uh but they weren't very functional and neither were uh dimitri's they terrible yeah so out of five <laughs> wax vampire teeth uh, uh for me i am at uh crisp three and a half i think that this movie is fun there's some good sight j- sight gags in there i think it's a good entry point for kids as far as like vampirism and vampire lore um i think that the movie offers a fun sort of pg flavor of fright night which we'll definitely be talking about um in the movie math portion um i think that it's just it, it doesn't quite hold up as far as those other movies in this category like i'll even throw like goosebumps like certain goosebumps mm-hmm. episodes of like no this is in my annual halloween rotation as a soon to be 24 year old man like no, i don't think that this quite makes that category because it lacks in some of those halloween vibes area um but i think as a movie like it's as a kid's movie it's got depth it's like you know this interesting discussion of divorce and and uh, as well as just being kind of a fun you know not quite road trip movie i don't i guess uh, one crazy night kind of horror movie yeah. with siblings whatever yeah. you want to call it but um i'll call it a lot of fun that's what i'll call it it's a good time it's a hoot yeah um i am going to also go three and a half um i'm not the biggest fan of fright night we'll get into that more here in a minute Mm -hmm. um but um but as far as getting the fun out of it um i would watch this one because uh adam is way better than the kid in fright night damn got Um, him shots fired i i will say it um so i so i will ride uh bikes with adam and chase <laughs> vampires all night it'd be a good... you'll be the creepy guy in the trench coat is what you're saying <laughs> hanging out with literally, the small child <laughs> literally like hey kid yeah let's go con some people and then you know go hunt this vampire let's go hang out with your mom <laughs> it's like what <laughs> oh man but uh but yeah, you heard me <laughs> but yeah it's a good time like because there is like a, a really nice pace to it on like how much things are happening them bopping around town um, the, the chemistry between the siblings is really great and with the mom as well. Um, like uh, all the performers are, you know, giving really fun, earnest performances and uh, is, a, is a nice like little uh, cliff notes if you want to teach a four year old about vampires. <laughs> if you want to be like, all right, kid, let me give you a vampire crash course, you know. Um, so, so yeah, for those things and, you know, still having a nice, uh, cozy vibe to it and, you know, already bringing up the, uh, nostalgic memories. Um, uh, speaking of other, uh, random, 
uh, people in the cast. Shout out to Jake Epstein, who plays uh, Adam's best friend, Duffy, who's a Degrassi alum. Ooh. Uh, me and my sisters were also big Degrassi fans. Yeah, I was too young for it. I, I'm old enough to be watching MTV and then see commercials for it and then feeling like a little like, I got to look around my left, my right. Is mom coming in? You know, I was a little too little too young for Degrassi, but I, rem- I remember it coming on. Oh, well, Skins was the one on MTV. Maybe that's what which I'm which, which was a smidge raunchier. That was a smidge raunchier, but Degrassi, like Degrassi, was hardcore. They actually did some like real shit in that one. That's what I'm saying. Um, but uh, yeah, so shout out to him who is now. Um, he was in the third season of uh, the Umbrella Academy. Uh, so, so he's still doing stuff. Just as then, I know you guys are all wondering, but you can still buy popcorn balls. Like they are a very readily available thing. You can get them on Amazon. So I know what I'm going to be ordering for for your Christmas present. Popcorn balls, here we come. <laughs> All right, here on the Spectre Cinema Club, we like to end all of our episodes playing a fun game called Movie Math. Uh, you guys know the rules. They're nice and simple. Uh, you're just going to take a few movies that remind you of the movie that we talked about today, and you can put them in an equation, just add them, multiply them together, all of which just have to equal the movie that we talked about today. Um, we already kind of talked about one, so it's it's probably in both of our equations. Um, uh, so w- where did you go for, for your equation for Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Fright Night in there, this is, like, very much uh, almost a remake. Yeah. Like, it it, it almost is, uh, which is fine. I'm cool with it, because uh, I'm not the biggest fan of the original Fright Night. I even like the remake better. Um, but um, I'm going to go Fright Night divided by the Lost Boys, because also, you know, Mom getting seduced by the vampire. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go divided, because uh, obviously, this does not have uh, the same vibes, doesn't have the queerness, mm-hmm. um, and it, you know, doesn't have the, the sensuality that those movies have. But but uh, everything else, though, yeah, got pretty much the same. Yeah. I, and they, I, we even get a Lost Boys uh, shout out in this one. There was a, uh, the, the local theater was doing a midnight double feature of Halloween and the Lost Boys. That sounds dope. It's a good night. That sounds dope. I'd rather be there than like a weird rockabilly dance hall. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, yeah. In my equation, I have uh, Fright Night for everything that you just mentioned, and I divided it by the Parent Trap, uh, specifically the Lindsay Lohan one. That's for vibes, uh, for sure. It's vibes, and then also that like you got you got two kids, and they're uh, the movie being about divorce. They're trying to like set their parents up with you know, and they're trying to like pull a fast one on their parents, and the kids are you know, uh, very precocious and have a lot of charisma and always are saying the right thing and, you know, quick witted and all that kind of stuff. So that was another staple of the era was yeah. the the parent trap, the, and, and, the Lindsay Lohan one. And divided makes sense because this movie's like the opposite ish. Yeah. Because bit, they're yeah. trying to get their parents back together and they're trying to just be like, well, even though it was, you know, mean to them, but they're also trying to help their mom move on. So exactly. it's like kind of the, the opposite. So. Totally makes sense. Yeah, I think our equations are airtight, rock solid. Uh, so if you guys have any other movies that reminded you of this one, let us know. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm excited. I I I think I'm gonna even watch uh rewatch some of the non horror uh, uh decoms. You know, while we're kind of getting nostalgic this month, because specifically now, now, now motocross, I'm in the mood. specifically motocross. Now I'm in the mood. I was uh, I mean Eddie's million dollar cook off. Brink. Hell yeah. Brink, I mean, come on! Like, there's already know uh, what it is. There's some bangers out there, so so excited uh, to get into it next week. We're gonna check out Under Wraps, which is uh, was the first official decom yeah. uh, after not, they not changed the it. remake, not the recent one. We're talking about and the OG yes, one. also yeah. not the remake. Yeah. Uh, we are 1997 Under Wraps, getting a, a smidge more spooky. Uh, so I'm excited to dive into that one. 
Garrett, what are you working on right now? Uh, you guys can follow me on uh, TikTok and Twitter. It's still a thing. I checked. Uh, you guys can mm-hmm. follow me both there at Garrett McDowell. Uh, I've also got a Star Wars podcast if you want to hear some more genre stuff. Uh, we are just finishing up our discussions of Andor, if you've been watching that. Uh, and we would love to have you. You guys can follow us there at the Scum and Villainy podcast. Uh, you're very welcome to join us. What about you, Devon? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Daddy Disco. Because, yeah, Twitter, we're, again, we're hanging on. We're, we're hanging in there. Um, and you can also follow um, the podcast on TikTok at Spectre Cinema. And uh, I'll be doing some uh, you know podcast clips and uh, some little videos over there. So go check that out. And you can hear me uh, recently on the pod and the pendulum professing my love for Esther uh, in Orphan First Kill. Love that fucking movie. Go listen to that episode. Uh, not the last you're gonna hear of uh, Esther around here around these parts, though. I'm a, I'm a I'm a official stan, y'all. Like I I I love those movies. I, I know that we have some guests line up for our official like you know uh, Spectre Cinema Club favorites of the year, and I'm curious to see what their thoughts on the film are because I know I have mine. So I'm curious to see if I'm going to be an outlier in that or you're going to be the outlier. I guess only time will tell. I don't think it's good. I think it might be you. I, I we haven't talked about Orphan First Kill, so I'm not sure your opinion. So we will find out. Uh, when we get to that um, but yeah we got a couple more decoms for you before we do our uh, we'll do a best of 2022 list and then in january we're gonna like do individual episodes on our mm-hmm. favorite of 2022 so it's gonna be a good time make sure you guys uh, follow us but now go ahead and do it for this week's episode of the specter cinema club new episodes drop every tuesday subscribe to not miss a thing you can follow us on social media at specter cinema on twitter instagram and tiktok and if you're listening on spotify or apple Podcasts, leave us five stars a nice little review we appreciate you but until next time guys stay lifted